Welcome back on the backstretch. Pull on in and park it here. I'm Heather Williams, and we are now three weeks into this crazy NASCAR season. Okay, well, not really three weeks, like three races. We've had the clash at the L.A. Coliseum, the Daytona 500, and then last week's race at Fontana. It's been really interesting to see the way the next-gen cars evolved as we've hit these different tracks, the way that teams are trying to figure out an advantage, which teams have been successful, which teams have really struggled. One of the big takeaways for me last week in Fontana is how much the Toyota seemed to struggle on the track. And I had someone in the garage area tell me that part of that reason is because Toyota has been against this car from the beginning that they haven't really put as much R&D into their car as some of the other teams or manufacturers had. And so they're kind of working behind the eight ball. You can see it in their performance last week. Kurt Busch had a, a great run after having to start basically almost a lap down because of failing inspection three times. And then Denny Hamlin ran in the top 10-ish most of the day. But the rest of the car's seem to be out to lunch. I think they all rebound to finish in the 11 to 20 range, but it was not pretty at all for the Toyota. So I'll be interested to see what they do and how they're able to maybe figure some things out and get back competitive because, I mean, they have drivers that can win the championship in their stable, right? They've got Kyle Busch, Martin Truex Jr., and Denny Hamlin, guys that are perennial members of the championship four. Two guys have already won championships in that group. And then, of course, now they've added Kurt Busch, another former champion, into their stable. So I'll be interested to see, you know, if they can get some things figured out. On the flip side, the Fords and the Chevys both seem to have really worked on this. The Fords, after looking completely out of their league last year for most of the year, have been super, super strong. But as you'll hear in my interview with Joey Logano later a Chevy still won last week. So those two right now seem to be the ones that are kind of battling for manufacturer supremacy. Be interesting to see. Back to the Chevy camp. I'm watching pretty closely, as I'm sure we all are, the little budding feud, mini feud, tift, whatever you want to call it, between Kyle Larson and Chase Elliott. Um, it's really fascinating to see the dynamic between the two because... Chase Elliott is obviously the sport's most popular driver. He was the big dog at Hendrick Motorsports. But here comes Kyle Larson. He wins every time he gets in the car, right? I mean, he has won so many races. I think 11 races since he joined Hendrick Motorsports a year ago. So clearly now he's up there saying, no, no, wait, I'm the big dog. Now, Kyle said after last week's race that he didn't see Chase Elliott and that he didn't know he was there and he never would drive a teammate that aggressively. I don't think Chase was buying it. I'm not sure if I'm buying it. The move was pretty aggressive. I don't know why you make that move if you don't know someone's coming up behind you. But I'll have to take Kyle at his word. He said he didn't see him. So until he, you know, proves that he's actually that kind of driver to his teammates, I guess I have to take him at his word. But it'll be interesting to see the dynamic over the next couple of weeks between that team. If they work together, if Chase retaliates, what happens? So it'll be fun. So this week on the backstretch, obviously Chris is going to be in and we're going to talk about um, some of these things with the next gen car. And then also, as I alluded to earlier, I have a fascinating interview with Joey Logano. Joey talks about a number of things, including helping a father has really changed him in this sport. So stick around for that. Let's get things rolling. We are joined now by Chris Carrier, car 
what the hell's your title, crew chief? Three, two. We are joined now by Chris Carrier, crew chief of the number 75 food country truck in the Camping World Truck Series. Chris, let's start by talking about this week's race at Fontana. Uh, first true test of the next-gen car, and it was a struggle for some teams. It, Heather, it really was. Uh, we were talking, you know, before we started film here about, man, those guys had a handful, and it looked like everybody, not just, not just this team or that team or this car make or that car make or young guys, old guys or whatever, but you know, you, you saw it in, in the 20 minute practice session on Saturday and in qualifying and you saw like four or five of our top drivers, these guys, you know, past champions uh, basically spin out on their qualifying lap. Uh, you saw guys during the race spin out on their own. I, I don't know when the last time I've seen Kyle Busch spin out by himself on a two-mile racetrack uh, without any help from anybody else or without a tire going down or anything like that. Um, uh, you know, we talked about it last week. This was going to be a big test. Uh, Fontana is a, a big racetrack. It doesn't have a lot of banking. They haven't been out there in a couple years, so uh, the, the track itself, the surface, was not in the best shape. It is a really, really rough racetrack, probably the roughest on the circuit. And then on top of that, they had, you know, 30 mile an hour winds or something like that, you know, but they're going to have those days. They're going back to a place this week that's not going to be much different. Uh, it's in the middle of the desert, Las Vegas. It's got pretty rough, especially in turn one and two. The wind's going to be blowing. It's going to be hot, cold, this, that, and the other, sand on the racetrack. So um, it, this, is the, this is part of the big learning curve uh, of these this next-gen car that the drivers, crew chiefs, teams are, are you know, struggling to figure out uh, for the most of them. And um, I don't know. It's, uh, it's going it's, it's to be interesting to see how they uh, react each and every week at the different racetracks. What did you think about Auto Club Speedway? There was talk before the pandemic. They had this big announcement they were going to converted into a short track and changed the configuration and the racing prior to the new car had not been that great there but the racing was really good yesterday and nascar has found that they could build a short track anywhere they could go to the la coliseum every year if they want to so do you think now that the pro project's on hold because of the of the supply shortages do you think they'll move forward with the short track do you think that they'll get Auto Club off the, off the schedules completely? I mean, what's what do you see as the future of Auto Club Speedway? I, I, Heather, I, I don't know. You know, most, I, let's, let's face it, most of the, as you alluded to, most of the races there in the past have been kind of boring. Well, actually they have been really boring, most of them. And yesterday was a little bit better. And I think that's, I, I think that's just due to the new car. The racetrack hasn't changed. It's the same place that we've been to for so many years now. And uh, the surface is really, really rough, which lends to, you know, drivers using all kind of different lanes, all kind of different approaches to get in the, in the turns, out of the turns, get through the middle, uh, through the three and four turn. They either run all the way up against the wall or run literally all the way down against the grass, fully on the apron. Um, it's it just, uh, it, it's interesting. The drivers have fun doing that. 
you know, because they can do things, they feel like they can do things, they can actually have it in their hands to have their own destiny in their own hands. Um, I don't know. I, I feel that the general consensus is, is that we have an overload of, quote, mile and a half, two mile intermediate tracks. And the, the fans have been very vocal, in my opinion, about wanting more short track racing. Uh, is this the place to build a short track? I don't know. I, I guess it would work, but I, I'm not sure that, that it would take a lot of money to me to build a short track and then put the stands around it. Uh, you're basically going to have to start over, you know. So, is that where we want to have it? I, I don't know. We've got right over the mountain here in North Wilkesboro, a place that is in the hearts of a lot of people in the southeast. Uh, we're, we're talking about wanting to go back to Nashville Fairgrounds. I think all this is good stuff. Um, I, I, I'm not sure how the, you know, they can't fit in many more races in the schedule because they're about to kill all the crews and the teams now. So um, what the future is out there, I would say pretty uncertain. They did have a big crowd. You know, I don't know what the, I don't know what the TV ratings are. I didn't look. So uh, I think it's all going to be like, okay, is, is this what is good for NASCAR? That's going to make the decision. Looking ahead, Las Vegas this week, you alluded to it a little bit. This is probably more so than, I know Fontana was like the first test of, of the next-gen car in the immediate, but, but Vegas is more of what most of the intermediate tracks are like. So how big is this race as far as finding out where teams are going to be into the season and what's the key to Vegas? I, I think it's huge because when you talk about Vegas, you, you know, you're, you're, you put that racetrack in – uh, you know, the same as like Charlotte. Uh, now Atlanta's a little bit different, but still Atlanta and, and Texas and so on and so forth. The same type approach is going to work at all those racetracks, at least pretty good with some adjustments here, adjustments there. I think a lot of teams are going to leave from Vegas this weekend knowing where they stand for a good portion of the races in the rest of the season. So a few are going to be very happy. Some are going to be okay. Some are probably going to be pretty disappointed and maybe on a panic mode of saying, "Oh gosh, we've got to we've got to find something here. We've got to regroup." Uh, none of the teams have a lot of cars right now. They they don't have a lot of parts and pieces and a lot of cars, so they're going to be building more cars here shortly as they go and get into the meat of, meat of the season. Um, I, I think that the approach to being successful there is you have to you have to find a way to get through turn one and two, which is so rough. The pavement is rough because that's o over the top of where the tunnel is going to the racetrack, and you know the surface settles. That's a common factor around racetracks that have tunnels in the middle of turns. Uh, it's hard to keep it's hard to keep that surface flat. And, and not bumpy. And over the years, there's been, it's kind of been worse and worse. It's out in the middle of the desert. It gets 110 degree heat. It gets cold at night. It gets a lot of sand on it, so on and so forth. Um, I, I feel like you're, you're gonna see, I feel, I feel like you're gonna see the people that have this thing figured out uh, be very strong at Las Vegas. And I think you'll see some other teams struggling and not very happy. So we'll see. I mean, uh, 
Kyle Larson wins again this past week. Is he the favorite? Maybe so. But I don't I don't think I don't I don't think it's like it was last year. I think somebody can show up, you know, a uh, a children's car, uh, Austin Dillon or Tyler Reddick. Uh, uh, we have Daniel Suarez, who's run really well this year so far. Eric Jones has run very well this year. Uh, even you know somebody like a Bubba Wallace or Kurt Busch. I mean, it's hard to tell, and I think it's going to be. I think it's going to be pretty neat to see how this thing unfolds. You know, as we go along. Joining us now is Joey Logano, driver of the number 22 Ford for Penske Racing. Joey, first of all, thanks for joining us today. No problem. Thanks for having me. Um, I want to start with this. We've run three car races now in the new car, and a lot of it was made the last week at Fontana, but I don't know about you. I personally feel like this week at Vegas is really going to be the test because this track seems more like the average mile and a half you're going to run a lot through the rest of the year, more so than Fontana was. Well, I think that's the good part about the beginning part of the season. You get a sample size of everything, right? We went to the LA Coliseum, which is a quarter mile track. We went to Daytona, it's two and a half miles. We went to California, it's two miles. We're going back to a mile and a half this weekend in uh, Las Vegas. So, you know, we're going to get a sample size of about everywhere. You know, Phoenix after this, which is, you know, just over a mile. Um, you know, so we're, we're going to get a sample size of about everything uh, in the first, you know, five or six races of the, of the season. So um, lots to be learned with this new car still um, for all of us, but it's definitely been exciting and the racing has been pretty entertaining. You know, I think at every, all three of the races so far have been pretty good. So, uh, so far everything's going great. So uh, you personally, how do you feel? You incredibly successful at, at the Coliseum and then your teammate won the 500. So it feels like Penske's picking up on this pretty quickly. How do you feel like you and your team are doing with this new car? Yeah, I think um, teams are, are picking up on it quickly. And if you have an advantage, it is only for a few laps. It, it doesn't last long because the car is so underdeveloped, right? We're just started with this thing. So we don't have it refined and we really don't know everything that's going to happen to the car. We don't know how to race really well. Um, you know, I got done at, at, you know, Auto Club Speedway last week in California and, and got out of the car and I thought, boy, everybody was super sloppy today. <laughs> just, just the way the race went, the way, you know, mistakes were happening out there, whether it's on pit road or on restarts, it, it's just a sloppy day for the whole field. Uh, it's because we don't have everything figured out yet. And that keeps it very entertaining for everybody, uh, fans and competitors included. So, uh, the challenges are there, and you know, like, like you said, if you do have an advantage, it's only for a little bit. So that sloppiness is that because that's interesting. I've never anyone describe heard anyone describe it that way. Do you think that's why maybe some of the teams you don't expect are up there? Because obviously, you guys are all great drivers, but in the past, not everybody's had the same equipment. Do you think those guys are just able to make fewer mistakes earlier, and that's helping them get up at the front where they may not have been in the past? Yeah, I mean, the, the cream will always rise to the top over time, right? But I think when there's a new car and there's limited practice to try to really hone in on how you make a car go fast and handle well, it's going to take a while. And anytime there's a big rules change, you see this. You see where there's some new cast of characters up front. And, you know, some of that may stay, but I would assume the ones you expect to be up front will, will get there by the end of the year and you'll have a good, um, you know, kind of feeling of knowing who those people are later on 
Um, right now, I feel like, you know, you may have a card that's good one week, the next week it may not be any good at all and, and vice versa. So just because we don't know, right? We're going to Las Vegas for the first time with this car. We don't know what the bumps are going to be like with this car. We don't know what tire wear is like. We don't really know, you know, this is the highest banking, you know, mile and a half type racetrack that we're going to so far with this car. So there's a lot of, I don't know, <laughs> just uh, and I like that when that happens, you may have some teams that hit on something really well and teams that just completely miss it. Do you think going to Vegas that the Fords maybe have a little something that they haven't in the past? I mean, you, your teammates are all running well, uh, you know, RFK is running really well. Uh, there's been Tony Stewart's team, Haas, uh, Stewart Haas Racing, guys that weren't running up at the front, like Cole Custer all of a sudden running up front. Do you guys feel like you have a little advantage because as a group you're running so well going to Vegas? Um. I don't know. I mean, I also looked at, you know, a Chevy one last week, you know, so, uh, I mean, we have fast cars, we're competitive, we're close. Um, other cars are also very, very close too. And I, I don't know, Vegas has been a great racetrack for us. Um, we continue that success, but, um, last year there, you know, you were starting from a, a fresh sheet of paper. Um, you recently became a dad again. Um, how is, uh, dad life this time around going on I know that at least at Daytona uh you played uh Mr. Mom a little bit and had your your oldest with you what was that like I did <laughs> it's uh it's been challenging but it's been fun um as long as we kind of keep our system going it, it works out well um I probably don't have the fair job because I get to go get sleep three nights a week <laughs> at the racetrack while my wife has to grind it out here at the house. But um, it's it's going well. I, we, we put our time in when we can and, um, you know, trying to balance the work-life uh, balance is, is always a, a challenge like it is for every family, right? Every, everybody goes through it. Um, you know, it's no different for us and, um, you know, trying to find time to spend with, you know, all the kids and keep, you know, a little baby Amelia happy and <laughs> it's a lot <laughs> it's always something going on it's always eventful there's um you know our oldest is four our middle one's almost two and he's the he's a troublemaker he's climbing up on everything and trying to jump off he's our little Travis Pastrana that's who that kid is so we, uh, we hope to rein him in a little bit <laughs> how unique is NASCAR in that respect because when I brought somebody to the 500 who had never been to a race said there's a lot of families and it seems like a lot of you drivers kind of grew up together and now you're all having kids around the same time. You know, there was a, it seems like there's a ton of kids between eight and a newborn in the garage area right now. How unique is that to NASCAR that, I mean, it's just such a family sport. It's pretty fun. And you know, it, it's great that the drivers get to bring, you know, their families to the racetrack. It's hard for the, for the rest of the team though, right? Like we have a, a tremendous advantage to be able to bring our motor homes and bring our families on long weekends like that. But it's tough for the guys that got to work on the cars and you know, they, they don't get to bring their, their family every weekend. Right. And, and so it's hard for me to say it's, it's, it's such a family sport. It is. And it's great to bring your family to the track and it's fun, you know, as a race fan to be able to do that, but it's a grind inside the sport um, for sure. And, and, and for everybody. And so, you know, weekends like Daytona are fun because, you know, we we're down there for five or six days and most everyone brings their family and, and, you know, the beach is right up the road. And, and even a lot of the team guys bring their families and get a hotel, um, that, you know, on Daytona beach or something like that. So that's always kind of one of those weeks that, um, you know, seems like everyone really enjoys. 
you that that was spoken like a true dad how much has being a dad made you appreciate the grind of the sport and what your crew members go to because i don't know that any 20 year old race car driver answers that question the same way that you just did well kids change your perspective on life don't they <laughs> they do they, they give you a reason a purpose and uh and probably change the way you look at every situation um, moving forward from there, right? With, with a lot more compassion um, most of the time. So um, it, it changes you immediately. <laughs> your your, your uh, selfish motives go right down the drain and you realize what life's about and, and that you actually have to care for somebody else now. <laughs> so it, it changes a lot and, um, and also, you know, opens your eyes to what everyone else is dealing with. Um, you know, so it's been great. I can't say it changes my mentality once I'm in the race car, um, which is good. I don't want it to, but afterwards it's definitely made me a better person. So this week at Vegas, as I talked about earlier in the pod, I think it'll be interesting to see, you know, if the Toyotas can rebound, how the Chevy teammates work together, and if Ford can really keep that level that they've had up over the next couple of years. What I'm really going to be watching this week is who performs, because Las Vegas is your quintessential mile-and-a-half track. It's the type of track we have the most of on this sport. Not really Fontana. is not really like the other intermediate tracks. Um, a, because of the age of its pavement. B, because it's a little bit longer than a lot of the mile and a, uh, intermediate tracks. So... This is really the race where I think you're going to see which teams are going to be strong and which teams have to go back to the drawing board and might struggle early on in the season. So we'll see what happens in Las Vegas because you know what happens in Las Vegas when it comes to NASCAR definitely never stays there. Thanks for joining us on the Backstretch. Have a good week.